Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Y'all welcome Paul as he comes. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Wow, what a great family, right? I mean, this, this has just been amazing to be part of this family. And, and that's really what this is all about. You know, we've got the property now. This church has been going for 10 years, and uh, the hope deferred is coming to pass, right? It's, it's been a long journey to have a home. It's like tents in the wilderness and picking up tent stakes and moving all the time. So God has provided. And so um, let's uh, move to the next slide. The, you know, we've already started having community events and the, uh, you know, we've been to the property. How many people have been to the property and how many people haven't been? Okay, so that's, how many has not been to the property? Anybody? So it's a beautiful place. We've already started having community events and, and getting together and uh, being family there. And it's, it's such a beautiful place. The, um, the property, I think Candace uh, Johnson said a couple weeks ago, she said, you know, we need, uh, you need this next year of construction to be ready for the outpouring that will be coming when you get the new building. And one thing I've learned absolutely is that waiting is, is something that God is in. You know, he's in the waiting. That song has been coming to mind a lot. And, and it's taken that time. You know, it, it, it takes that time unless, uh, unless we want to settle for, uh, for a, a substitute gift. Sometimes you have to wait. Things have to happen. And we've had the time on the property here. Let's go to the next slide. The land that we have um, and the overview that you'll see in the next slide is it's a beautiful piece of property. It's been hard to wait, but now it's finally here. So, you know, I think we feel in our bones he's about to move. So it's time, it's time to go, right? <laughs> so, you know, as you look at the, the land, if you don't know it, the Tyrone Road cuts across from 74 the property is really close to uh, Peachtree City in Fairburn. Um, it's, it's just beautiful place. And yeah, that's good. So the process we went through, we worked with staff for hours. We spent a lot of time going through the property. We met in this little building right here. We talked about the program. We developed the, the look and feel and, and, and ideas of what the church needed. And the waiting really took us to a place where we had originally thought of the church building being in the fields where we saw it, but we would have had a partial gift if we would have jumped too soon. We're ready now. And the plan that we have done, my business partner and I, we've, we spent hours, after meeting with the staff for hours, we spent hours hiking through the woods, looking for kind of that hidden treasure that was out there. And we knew that there was more there, but we had no idea that God was gonna totally flip our plans. And we've ended up with our building over here, which is completely opposite. Let's go to the next slide. The, what we've ended up understanding is that we need this retreat center. We need to keep the horse farms and the fields quiet and pure, a place for reflection, place for, for that kind of thing. And this, where the community word is, were the places where we found the hidden treasure. We found the places where the building needed to go. So let's look at the uh, the next slide, Steve initially said, you've got to go see this tree. It's a 72-inch diameter red oak. 
branches go for 60 feet. I mean, they're beautiful. So what was amazing though, right next to that, the next, next slide is the homestead area. This beautiful front yard, this is where a family used to live. This is where they did family. And as we dug into this, we thought, you know, this is really where we need to do family. This needs to be our front yard. This needs to be where we gather and meet friends and hang out and, and learn and study. But then we went down the hill and this next tree, this is a 92 inch diameter oak, probably five stories tall. I haven't measured the top of it. It's hard to get to. But it, it branches out, towers over this, this natural amphitheater. So here we have these three things that were right next to each other and it was so clear. And, and my business partner and I separately saw it and came back and said, did you see what I saw? <laughs> this is where it's gotta go. This is the only place. There's this, this between these three spaces, it's just incredible. So I'll show you the quick sketch that we did right after that. This is the, the first sketch and it came with the idea that that we need to have a flexible space. We don't have an unlimited budget here. We need to do something really affordable, really quick, but it needs to be flexible. So what can we do? Are we gonna do a, we're not gonna build a monument or a big church, kind of churchy building. We need something that's flexible. So we looked at this concept called a living building. If you've been to Pont City Market or Crog Street Market, those are buildings that have evolved over time. They're classic, they have great materials, but they move and change over time. So that's, that's our design idea. So keep that in mind. We're not going for a church building. It's not gonna look like a church, but it's gonna phase from, from phase one to a transition space, be able to add buildings to it, and this can shift and change over time. So, so we've already completed the schematic drawings. That's what Steve was talking about. This week we completed all of that. This is ready to go out for pricing. And we've come up with a plan that has a, an auditorium that seats almost 500 people on the main floor and can expand to 750 with a future balcony addition. We have a lobby that opens up onto this beautiful overlook patio that looks over the woods and over the pond. And right in between those two things, and by the way, the sanctuary opens up with big garage doors, so there's a lot of light flooding in. The sound can flood out into that whole little homestead area. And, and we can have thousands of people out there hearing the, the volume as it comes through. And right in the middle is a little coffee shop that can serve out to the homestead area, out to the sanctuary or to the lobby, can become a gathering place through the whole week. So that's, that's the first floor plan. We've ended up with being able to nestle it into the hillside so we get some really inexpensive lower level space that opens up onto the amphitheater. The upper level space opens up onto the homestead park area, and they all link together. And we can even add a second floor and end up with 33,000 square feet of flexible space in the future. So it's, it's a great design that, that we've been given. So let's go on to the next slide. This is the overall of the plan, but I wanted to show you, when we zoom in here, we've been able to keep this buffer between the quiet part of the property and the part we're developing for the community. And as you come in from 74, work your way around, you end up taking this left turn and you start to see glimpses of the building. And you see the great lawn and you walk past, or you drive past that, go into the parking lot area. And after you park, right here's gonna be our phase two or phase three. As you're walking to church, 
you drop off your kids, that's gonna be the children's building of the future. Drop off, and right next to that is this first phase. And so in this building, we can have links to, like an integrated video audio system where we can have worship service going on in the amphitheater some days, video feeds into the sanctuary. So 1,000 people down here, 750 people in here. We'd even have speakers out on the Great Lawn. We could have 2,000 people on the Great Lawn. So here we are with a building that's totally different than anything I've ever seen. You know, it, it integrates into the land and it, it's just, it's, it's so different. And no, it's great. So I think, so imagine here if this building has rugged brick, just kind of tumbled brick, kind of industrial iron, bolted iron connections and wood columns and different things that make you want to touch and feel the, just the beauty of the building. And you get these glimpses as you drive through the woods. And, and this building, as you, as you go through and go around and leave your car and approach it, has overhangs that protect you from the rain. These garage doors open up so the sound floods out into the park and the fields. And it's not a black box, typical contemporary Christian church where it's, it's like a rock concert inside. This is a worship center that's integrated into nature. And um, it's a place to meet as a community, to meet your friends, and um, to build family, right? And as we build a family, the whole point of this is to, to build a family, grow, uh, come get power, you know, get empowered by the Spirit, and then we go out into the world and change the world, right? So that's it. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, Paul. That, that's, you can feel what that might feel like. And so, um, yeah, if y'all would pop up that one slide that was that one. Thank you. Perfect. So what might a day look like for you a year from now? What's a Friday? Let's say it's yesterday, Friday, a year from now. And I was just imagining, dreaming. I imagine coming off of uh, Highway 74. You know, there are almost 30,000 cars a day come on this road. And we thought, how easy would it be if... Um, one day we had a phase 1.5 would be a daycare center right here where a mom or dad could drop off their child and be back on the highway in about two minutes if they work in Atlanta or work at the airport. Imagine a kingdom place where your kids are really excited to go. It's safe, but they have walking trails and they have their fishing in the lake and their tree houses and their tiny houses and there's farms. We put them to work, child labor. And, uh, and there are animals. And imagine a place where the kids don't mind getting dropped off and don't mind when mom or dad are a few minutes late at the end of the day. Imagine popping in there and one morning and you pop in here and you do a class around the amphitheater, this exercise class. We're gonna have a mile of 
running, walking trails that have stations where you can do exercise, another station where it can convert immediately into a prayer trail. And there's stations where that vista takes you down this characteristic of God or you pull up your iPhone and there's the five best sermons about honor at that station and the five best pictures of honor, the five best books about honor. And you just go through that trail and we become family there. Imagine a 24-7 prayer chapel. Imagine the best coffee shop in that building and moms and dads and businesses conducted here all through the week. This, it doesn't really show it well, but this isn't, there's a lot of depth right here. It's a valley and you're, it's an overlook. And so this whole area here, the great lawn, it's just gonna all flow. Life's gonna happen there, fun's gonna happen there, business is gonna happen there. Sozos are gonna happen there, Bible studies are gonna happen there. I went into this gentleman's home, it was a lake home a couple years ago, and as I walked in I felt kingdom excellence. It wasn't necessarily opulent, it was just kingdom and beautiful and excellent. And that's what we're going for here. Imagine a wellness center, natural food, a farm, I dream about coming out of church and having a box with my name on it, all natural foods, and I can pay a fair price, and there's all kinds of great food and beef and pork and a few green vegetables, but not too many. Imagine tree houses lying through this all through these woods and tiny houses. And you might just need to get away for a weekend. Anybody ever need to just get away for a weekend? <laughs> right now? And imagine missionaries coming off the field and they've got a place to stay and a place to recharge. There's a wellness center where you, you get retrained and you get your physical physical touched you get your financial touched you get your emotional touched and so i i'm dreaming that one day some of these areas will have businesses that just integrate into our that great restaurant those non-chain unique things great coffee shops great pubs great where life just seamlessly happens from here into here into our culture and our family. And it just, you just end up in church worshiping God. It just happens seamlessly. And so we, we just, there's so many things you can dream about. Uh, we're thinking about a ball field here, and um, there's going to be another pond or lake here, and so 100 acres is big enough to contain your dreams. It's big enough for your dreams. 
Imagine that Friday night, there's a, your favorite artist at that amphitheater and a thousand people in front of that massive tree are worshiping or maybe it's a secular artist and just the whole community comes and life happens. Imagine weddings on the property. There's so many sites to have weddings and now with that building, there'll be a place to have kind of the backup indoor facility or the place to have the reception. It's gonna be a beautiful place and there's room enough for our dreams. I, I've spent a little time dreaming about it, but there are 10 times that many dreams in this room that we've never even thought about. And so it's gonna be, gonna be wonderful. It's 100 acres for a 100-year vision. And we're launching a building program today. And I, I had this thought just before church. It was like, if 10 years ago, could we have imagined that our first place, our first home, would be have an entrance off of Highway 74? I, I can't, I dream about a classy really cool, understated Bethel Atlanta sign right there, right there. <laughs> These are the things I dream about. So, um, but I don't think, I, don't, I know I didn't dream of a piece of property like that or a location like that or even a building like that when we started. So this is a new day. It's actually phase two of the life of Bethel Atlanta. And those that are here and those that are family and those that are with us are foundations in the next step. You're, it's like you have the ability to be on the ground floor of phase two. And you're gonna feel that kind of ownership. And we've not had a, a place where you just show up and it's yours and you don't have a lot of hassle every time you get together. There's just hours of stuff that happens. You know, it's a lot of work to get together. And so for us to have our own spot, the, the worship team, they make it look easy. But you're starting from scratch every week. And there have been so many days where everything's gone wrong up here. And yet, at four o'clock, there's a smile on their face, and the show must go on, and God shows up every week. But wouldn't it be nice not to have that happen that often? And yes, says the worship team, the front row. I had a vision of, it was a glimpse, and it was a tug of war. And it was a picture in the physical sense of what we're trying to do financially. And at the end of our side, we, we were pulling on this rope. And at the end of the rope was our fittest, strongest member. And is, uh, is he here? <laughs> Andre, is he here? I don't think he's here at this first service. 
Andre, if you don't know him, he's an elder, Andre Warren, he and Erica. And uh, he had a stint in the NFL and he's been winning bodybuilding contests. I'll just pretend I'm him for a minute. Just <laughs> use your imagination. <laughs> but he's at the end of the rope and he is pulling with more force than any of us. In the phys physical sense, he's the strongest. And, and in, the, in the glimpse, there was a, a single parent and there were kids, literally four, hanging on each arm, two on each arm. And they really couldn't pull very hard at their station of life. But they were trying. And their effort was actually equal to Andre's. It was exactly equal. And there, there was this glance between them and Andre. And it was that kind of glance when you're in the battle, when you're in the ball game, when you're, when you're in the trenches. And it was that glance of we're in it and we're both giving it everything we have. And it's a glance of mutual respect, respect and and, and it's an acknowledgement. Hey, I'm all in, you're all in. Flip it to financial. There's some here that can give even thousands, many thousands, but, and there's some that might be at this time of life, $10 a month. But there's still a glance, like we're all in. Our effort is actually equal. In the kingdom, it's not, that's kingdom. And, and I had this sense that um, it's, been a, it's been a heart cry of our church that if we'll value his presence, if we'll radically worship, if we'll hear his voice, and when we hear it, if we'll run and obey. God said, find 300 of those, and those 300 will help you find 1,000. 1,000 will change your city. But I had this piece that hit me that said, if, if our 300 will just hear his voice regarding this building, and if we'll run, everything will be great. We'll do it. We can do it. And uh, it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that, and it takes that much faith. I, I wanted to close with Joshua and Caleb. I've never really studied that story. It's in Numbers 13. And uh, Numbers is a book you can avoid, you know? It seems like a lot of numbers, <laughs> you know? But Josh, but Numbers 13 is pretty, it's like really great. And you know the story. They assigned one person from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. So you imagine these people were leaders. They were like governors. They were, they were the ones chosen to represent their tribe. They had to be regal people. They had to be people of authority. And the, it says they're spies, but some of the commentaries say spies isn't a perfect word. It's not like they were in camo and night goggles sneaking in. 
painted faces. Really, scouts is a better interpretation. And the 12 scouts went into the land. And you know the story. They came back with reports like, it's amazing. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a land that's overflowing. It's a land with huge fortified cities. And 10 of the scouts or spies came back with a report that said, whoa, it's a land with huge people. In fact, some of them are descendants of the Nephilim and they're like massive giants. And they were afraid. And they came back, remember, with, they were holding, they put a, a pole between the, the strands of grapes and they had to carry the grapes back. They were so huge. Ten were earthbound in their thinking. Ten, and I think of my ten toes in dirt, stuck in earthbound thinking. But two had vision, and I think of my eyes. Joshua and Caleb had vision. And if I'm honest with you, there are days when I'm one of the ten toes. (laughs) Stuck in the dirt. Dusty. Where... These were rational men. These were men of reason. These were men who were responsible. They were, they could have been business leaders. They could have been CEOs. They were rational men who came back and said, no way. But two that had the eyes of the spirit, two that had the eyes of God, two Joshua and Caleb, and in, and in the scriptures in Numbers 13, let me read a, a part of this in chapter 13, verse 27. We went to the land to which you sent us, and oh, it does flow with milk and honey, just like, just look at this fruit. The only thing is that the people who live there are fierce, their cities are huge and well-fortified, Worse yet, we saw the descendants of the giant Anak. Amalekites are spread out in the Negev. Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites hold the hill country and the Canaanites are established on the Mediterranean Sea. And Caleb interrupted, called for silence before Moses. Wouldn't you love to be there? He's like, I'm gonna interrupt. I'm sorry if the middle of your sentence is interrupting the beginning of mine. But... And he said, let's go up and take the land now. They're giving a bad report. Let's go up and take the land now. We can do it. Don't you love his faith? The others said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. They've spread scary rumors among the people of Israel. They've said, we scouted out the land from one end to the other. It's a land that swallows people whole. Everybody we saw was huge. And it goes on, and Joshua and Caleb were the ones. Later on in verse 14, 24, but my servant Caleb, this is a different story. He has a different spirit. He follows me passionately. I'll bring him into the land that he scouted, and his children will inherit. 
His children get to inherit. The ones with the eyes of the Lord. A hundred year vision. Lindy and I, when we were in Wales, there was a little church in front of this B&B that had been built on this estate. It was almost 1,500 years old. I was feeling pretty good about our 100-year vision. (laughs) Till that time. (laughs) Let's go up and take the land now. We can do it. There's a legacy. I, I can feel the excitement in the congregation like, We want to be part. People have been grabbing me, like even months ago. Martha Kay, she came up to me and said, when are we going to get a building fund? (laughs) So, it's an exciting day. And there's, I imagine what this place can be. You know, phase two could be a children's center If we outgrow this one day, Lord willing, our planners have found a spot right here for the next one. But there's so many things that can change. I'm excited about us building together a church that will be a kingdom church that becomes, we watch it become the bride of Christ. As I just read in Ephesians 4, we're being built up into mature sons and things happen seamlessly together. And I'm excited about us building a church for our children and our grandchildren that, they, that when they get there, there's still room enough for their dreams that we haven't ran out, run out of room. I dream about the many people that will be saved, healed, and delivered. I think about how we started just a few years ago from nothing, and together we are here. Take that same line of trajectory today, you at the ground floor of phase two. Where will that be 10 years from now? It's starting at such a higher place. The the things that have happened are going to be multiplied. You're going to be adding zeros to what we've seen. We're still digging ground. And so God is doing it together. Let's go up and take the land. We can do it. Let's be the ones that have eyes like Joshua and Caleb. Let's see the things that the nobleman, the CEO might miss. Let's see the things that God is doing in the spirit. Tomorrow, as you have some time with the Lord, check out Numbers 13. Do some study. See God's reaction to the people of no faith. He took it so personally. And he took it as an affront to him. And, and so I've just been challenging myself. God, give me eyes of faith. Give me eyes of Caleb. Give me eyes of Joshua. Get my feet out of the dirty ground. Lift up my head, O oh, you gates. 
Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. Who's the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up ye heads, O ye gates, O ye everlasting doors, and be ye lifted up. Give us eyes of Caleb. Give us eyes of Joshua. Give us eyes that, and the faith that says, let's go up and take the land right now. We can do it. We can do it. Amen? So I'm going to get some help handing out this card. And as they do this, I'm going to tell you what are, what are the details of our program. And if, um, wait, wait, till, wait till we all get one before you look at it so you can pay attention to me somehow amidst all this. I'm happy to report to you that we're not starting from scratch. I'm happy to report to you that I feel like your church has been good stewards these last 10 years. In fact, we've taken anywhere from 10 to 12, 13 cents of every tithe dollar that's come to the church for many, many years and put it in a fund for these days, for these buildings. And so the net worth of the church is actually about $1.2 million, which is amazing. So we're not starting from scratch. And, and you, guys have, um, you guys have been very generous and we've just, we've just said, we know this day is coming. And so this, our land is really two sets of property. On this side over here, the 43 acres, that does have a, a mortgage on it. That 43 acres has about a 1.2 or $3 million mortgage. This land, this 56 acres that's 74 in Tyrone is debt free. So that, there was about $800,000 of land. So that's exciting. And then the church has two or $300,000 saved toward um, a couple hundred thousand at least that could go toward the building. So that's the, the pro, that 800,000 of land and the couple hundred thousand of the bank is the approximate million dollars that we're starting with. And that's a good start. So the building and all the um, parking and all the roads and the retention ponds and the parking and the foundation work, what I call horizontal stuff, is almost a million dollars before you even go vertical. It's amazing how much stuff costs. And, uh, you know, when they keep having these storms and prices keep going up and we need to build it fast because stuff's going up. There's a demand. People are building and there's storms. You know. I think we said, we can do it. Let's go up and take the land now. Because of inflation, now. And so, and the building is, um, you know, and you do 11,000 feet up, upstairs and downstairs and then a potential third floor, it's a couple million dollars. So 
it's going to be at least three million. And um, banks have told us that they would probably lend us two and a half million. We want to. We want to eventually soon be a debt free. Debt free. One of my dreams is that all everyone calls this home church home. All starting with the first three hundred are debt free. And we've had some wonderful things happen in that area. So our building goal is to raise 1.26 million over three years. Now we're going to be in there in a year, but we're raising money over three years. That makes sense? Sometimes when people hear three years, they're like, oh no, we're not going to be there for three years. No, we're going to be there in a year. And if we can knock down half that debt in three years, we feel like we're well on our way to getting that knocked down. And God's gonna, God's gonna expand the church and grow the church. You guys are the core that are getting ready this year for an influx. We're getting ready as a family to handle people coming, to minister to them. And so it, that's happening. And so about two months ago, four o'clock in the morning, I woke up with an idea, and it's basically, if you look at this card, it's, it's, it's really, how could all 300 of us be involved? And how could 300 together participate? And so I know a lot of people um, are already giving so generously, and a lot of people are at a stage of life where um, things are tight. And so... We're just asking everybody that calls this home to participate. One thing, um, the people lending money or banks, they like to see a lot of participation. So if only 50 of us fill out a card, they're gonna be like, you don't have enough support. So we need everybody to do something. And so even if it's $10, you know, 100 people giving $10, that's 1,000 a month. It's a lot of money. And so this, um, this little card of how we get there, you know, that I kind of see those hundred people might be on the tug of war, the person with, who's just barely hanging on. At the bottom, a couple of people giving 3,000 a month, that's, that's Andre at the end, <laughs> in the physical sense. <laughs> But it adds up. It adds up. And uh, we're asking the Bassam alumni to help. We have 550 alumni from the Bassam School of Ministry. We can do this. We can do this. I want this to feel um, like us and us. To me, it feels like family. The Lord's been dealing with me even about this. He's been saying, Steve, you're used to being in control and being able to do stuff yourself. But this one takes all of us. There's no one, two, or 10 people in the church can make this happen. And so we're in it together. We need each other 
I need you and you need me. There's something that about ownership, like when we all are in, there's this sense of ownership, whether you give a dollar or you give a thousand. And so we're asking people to pray. Um, if you're super prophetic and God's already told you what to do, then uh, you can give tonight. But we'd like you to, for most of us, we'd like you to pray about it, talk to whomever you need to talk to. And, and if you could, next week, we're going to um, ask for people to come up with a monthly pledge and a best one-time gift. Now, some people can't do both, but we'd love you to try to do both. And um, if you'll hear from the Lord, one of the things I'm feeling is that if we hear from the Lord and we go do it, one, the kingdom's gonna get blessed, but our personal finances are gonna get blessed. It's gonna be a two for one. Like, we're gonna get blessed personally, and the church and his kingdom are gonna get blessed, and I see that happening. I've already heard some testimonies uh, that you're, we're gonna have a lot of great testimonies coming up in the future. So Laura, have I missed any detail? Do, am I doing okay? Okay, all right, that's good. So, we're gonna, if you're in with us at any level, I would like you to just stand. If you're, if you're with, I don't care if it's a, at whatever level it is. And I want us to say this together. Let's, I'll tell you what it is and then we'll say it together. Let's go up and take the land now. We can do it. All right, so let's say that together. One, two, three. Let's go up and take the land now. We can do it. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.